Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Story Behind. In today's episode, we will be welcoming Dr. Farr to The Story Behind. Dr. Farr is a clinical nutritionist in New Jersey and we are so excited to hear about her journey towards becoming a clinical nutritionist and the story behind a career in this field. And with that very brief intro, I'd like to pass it on to Dr. Farr to introduce herself a little bit more. So thank you so much. Uh, My name is Dr. Farr and yes, I am a clinical nutritionist. I also have a doctorate in um, natural medicine. Uh, It's called naturopathic medicine. Um, And so I honestly, you know, there's, there's been a few different pieces of my journey that kind of led me here um, throughout my life. So how it really started is um, what I didn't know is that how you know, my struggle with my health, my, well, I never really struggled with my health, but mostly struggled with my weight very often um, growing up, you know, struggled to find out what was a healthy way of eating. Um, my parents struggled to find out, you know, also like the things to buy so that we can, as, as kids, you know, eat the best way. Um, but we just didn't really know much because there's so much information out there. And, you know, when you go to the grocery store, it's very overwhelming, the tons of options and, you know, a lot, the average person can get really, really bogged down um, about, you know, the different types of packaged foods and different produce and what, whether or not like that's the best option for them to buy. So anyway, um, I always knew that I wanted to get into the medical field some way or another, you know, so being a doctor was one of the things that I wanted to do. And I went to Syracuse University, uh, which is upstate New York. And I was studying pre-med there. And I remember my first year, uh, my first year of undergrad, I was undecided as a major. So I knew I wanted to go into this medical field, but I didn't know what I wanted to major in. And so oftentimes, so in that particular school, pre-med was not a major. You have to pick actually like a, a specific field to study. So whether it's biology or chemistry or, you know, whatever you wanted to study, you pick that. And then you also knock out your pre-med requirements doing that as well. So biology, chemistry, you know, that's psychology. It was great, but I didn't really, it didn't really speak to me and I wasn't very interested in majoring in them. Um, And I remember my, my college roommate at the time was studying nutrition science and she was like, she was also pre-med. So I asked her about it and she said, yeah, you know, you can try uh, nutrition science and it knocks out all your uh, pre-med requirements too. It's like ingrained in the program. And so I said, okay, let me, let me try this nutrition science thing. Let me uh, major in it um, for, for the time being. So that was only like my placeholder until I really like figured out what I wanted to do. Um, so my first year doing that major, I was actually in love with what I was studying, um, in class, I was learning so much about the food industry. I was learning so much about like, you know, the science behind food, the psychology behind, you know, um, like food labeling and and all sorts of stuff. And a lot of inspirational documentaries too, we, we watched in class. Um, so people who were, you know, um, maybe like overweight, obese, just super unhealthy, trying to get back on track. And then they completely switched their way of eating and they were eating like organic foods. They were eating 
more vegetables and fiber and also, you know, like really like cleaning up their diet and how much of diet plays a role in our life and our health. So these people completely, um, you know, just completely reversed their, say for instance, reversed their diabetes, um, lost like 50 pounds, you know, their skin cleared up from eczema. It was just incredible what I was, what I was seeing. So that's when I knew that I was in the right, I was in the right field because I was passionate about it. I loved learning about it. And it's something that like, no matter how much you read about it, like you, you still want to learn more, right? You never get bored of it. So that's when I knew, you know, that's kind of where I wanted to go, but I was still in this phase of, well, yeah, I wanted to be a doctor too. So, um, you know, still like doing the, uh, you know, uh, taking the anatomy courses, doing chemistry, organic chemistry, biochemistry. So all of those things. Um, and then I remember also shadowing a lot of, uh, doctors. So there's a, there's a hospital near my school. It's upstate medical university. So I spent a lot of time like volunteering there, you know, um, really trying to get my, my name, like you know, recognition there so that people know who I am so that it would be an easier time for me to actually, you know, apply to medical school and get there. Um, and I do, I, I did know a lot of the, the people who work there. Um, and then I was shadowing a bunch of doctors too. So I was shadowing the ER room. So the emergency room, but this was uh, specialized for pediatrics. So pediatric emergency room, right? So I was shadowing these doctors. I was in a room full of it was so cool. It was like a room full of residents, uh, the supervising doctor. And I was just there like, okay, I'm just there, you know, on the sideline, just observing. Um, and it was very, um, you know, high energy, high stress environment, really, really exciting. And I knew from there where like, one of the things that really struck me was, you know, just how differently I think versus how, you know, the medical community thinks, which it, they're both fine and there's no wrong answer. Um, but this one particular story I remember that I like to share is that, you know, there was a six-year-old who came in to the ER room and his mom was hysteric. Like her, the mom was like, oh my gosh, my kid has stomach pains are really bad. Like, I don't know if it's appendicitis or not. And, and so the doctor goes, okay, so where's the pain? And they say, uh, oh, well, the pain's on the left side. Um, the left side is just very local and it's sharp pain. And so the doctor goes, well, the appendix is on the right side, but you know, we'll see, we'll do some x-rays. And what ended up happening was, was that the kid just had like a, a fecal backup. So on the x-ray, it just showed that on his, you know, in his colon, his intestines, there's there's like just food um, stool particles, which means that he's constipated, that he hasn't pooped basically in like a week or so. And that's why he's having so much pain. So I remember like I had a flashback in, in, to my class and I was like, okay, um, I remember, uh, I remember learning about, you know, things that help with bowel movements. So the three things are fiber, fluid, and movement is what my nutrition professor told me. So I tried to apply that here. I was like, oh, what? Like, why don't we just tell that to the kid and the mom? Okay, these three things, you know, just educate them a little bit, um, you know, fiber fluid movement and, you know, this won't happen again. Um, but their course of action was basically like, oh, okay, you're a little constipated. Here's some laxatives, here's some Miralax and 
that's it. You're free to go. So that's when it kind of clicked in my clicked in my head that I, I wanted to do something a little bit different, you know. Um, so that kind of just led me to where I am today, where which will I I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit, but I was like, you know what, I, I want to be a different kind of doctor. I didn't I don't want to be the type of doctor that just gives out pills or just recommends surgery, but I want to be the type of person that uh, values education. Like I want to educate my patients. I want to show them how to prevent this from happening again. You know, so I really wanted to dive in that way. Um, and that's why I made the decision to um, pursue uh, nutrition because that's what really speaks to me. Wow, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing. You said you wanted to take a different path. You know, you knew you didn't want to go down the traditional path and right. kind of the stories and experiences that led you there. So thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, so that leads me to our next question, which, I mean, you answered this a little bit, but um, why you specifically decided to pursue clinical nutrition? Um, I mean, you touched on that a little bit, but is there um, anything else that kind of led you to that decision um, to pursue that instead of other pathways in the field? Yes. Yeah, so kind of piggybacking off of what I said uh, about, yeah, you know, this is something that like I wanted to, you know, uh, pursue something a little bit different, which is say it's still, you know, you're still helping people and you're still helping them get, you know, to their, you know, re reversing their um, health conditions and helping improve their lives. So not only with their health, but even like their mental state as well, and just like feeling better energetically. Um, and so I found that, uh, you know, food is medicine. So, you know, a lot of times we don't really think about that, but what really kind of, um, you know, stayed in my head was seeing, uh, I remember like reading about something and there was a diagram or a quote, and it's basically like, um, it goes like this, where the things that you put in your mouth can either harm you or benefit you, right? So it's like, if you're eating, you know, say like fried foods or fast food every day, that's going to cause a lot of inflammation and you're just not going to feel as good. Um, whereas if you're eating maybe a little bit more fruits and veggies or something, you know, that's going to be beneficial. That's going to be like superfoods, right? It's going to be like medicine for you. So, so those, those are like the two pathways basically, you know, and of course there's a healthy balance. Um, but, you know, uh, I love that concept of, we just don't like think a lot about, you know, uh, what we eat or what we do these days. And I think that this is a really good uh, integration into everyone's healthcare. So say you go to your doctor, you get your annual checkup and you get your blood work and, you know, um, you're working with your primary care doctor. Um, and then you also see someone like me, who's more, you know, are going to, I'm going to spend more time with you. I'm going to work with again, lifestyle, nutrition, um, natural medicine, supplements, vitamins, you know, that's a really good, um, addition to, you going to see your doctor, you know, so you need someone to kind of work with you a little bit long-term, you know, sometimes there's things that your doctor can't answer. Um, and the other thing is that I learned that medical doctors, um, and, uh, even DOs, they don't have a lot of, uh, they don't have a lot of courses in nutrition itself. So you would think that when you go to your doctor, they can recommend you something like, Oh, Hey, what vitamin should I take? Or, um, is there any benefit of, you know, taking A, B or C, um, or like, how do I lose weight? Can you show me the foods that I can eat to lose weight or even, um, you know, any, any 
any issues that you have, they don't have a lot of cl clinical knowledge on nutrition, which is very sad. So I, I hear that they only have one class in nutrition and that's really it. So they, they take the basics. They're like, okay, they know what these vitamins do. Um, and it's very like basic understanding of the nutrition. So I think that's where I would come in because I know so much more about it. You know, I've taken, you know, close to four years, uh, and more, uh, on, on nutrition and, and food science and even just, um, clinical as well. So like if someone wants to come in and they have certain, uh, goals. So for instance, if they want to reverse diabetes, there are certain things that you can do uh, nutritionally, or like even like meal plans that will cater towards that condition. Uh, same goes for someone who comes in with say some kind of inflammatory disease, say arthritis, you know, which is stiffness in the, the hands and joints. And so there's specific, you know, meals for that, you know, they're anti-inflammatory. So again, I think that we're just like such a great like addition to uh, primary care. So. That's so true. All professions in, I think, the healthcare field are integrated with one another since it is all a team effort or an entire collaboration at the end. Now, going back to something you mentioned previously. Upon the holistic side to medicine, like plants can cure you as well. But can you explain more of the importance of natural remedies and treatment and holistic approach to medicine as opposed to the traditional approach of medications and surgeries and so on? Yes, that's a really great question. Um, so, you know, I think my perspective is that there's a time and place for everything, right? You know, there's, there's going to be times where you absolutely have to take medication and there's no other way around it. And I think that um, conventional medicine, they do a really great job with acute problems, you know, short-term um, or even emergency situations, right? Like if something were to happen, like, you, you know, for like your arm got cut off or something, you go to your, the ER, you know, there's nothing like natural medicine can do. However, when we're talking about more you know, like a daily, like chronic care. So long, long-term health, um, we like to think about, okay, what can we do that is the most healthy, that has a least amount of side effects, right? And so that's where kind of natural medicine comes in and, you know, the incorporation of like different types of maybe natural supplements that you might need. So the first thing I'll, I'll talk about the, um, the vitamin side of things, supplements. Um, so oftentimes, obviously the best thing to do is, you know, eating like a variety of different things that, so you're getting enough nutrients from everywhere, you know, all different types of foods, but what's happening in this country now is that there, you know, there isn't the same amount of vitamins and minerals in our food that, uh, that there used to be, you know, maybe 50 years ago. So the soil is more depleted than ever before. And just like our quality of foods are, are, you know, the quality is declining um, because of the introduction of like different pesticides, um, fertilizers and, you know, et cetera. So like they're, they're, it's just, that's just what it is with modern technology. You know, sometimes the quality declines and it's not as organic or natural as it used to be. So unfortunately now it's a really good option to actually supplement uh, a good diet with, you know, maybe like a multivitamin because it gives you everything, all the vitamins that you need, you know? So for instance, 
B vitamins are very important and they're lacking in a lot of our different foods and B vitamins are really good for energy, um, you know, improving our mood, helping with our brain health and memory. So that's something that I would definitely, you know, consider supplementing with and also figuring out what people need too. So, you know, there's ways to test if you're deficient in these certain vitamins and, you know, that are really crucial into your normal function. Um, so, so that's one side of things where how, you know, natural supplementation can benefit, um, you know, in addition to you taking your medications if you need to. Um, and then the other side of things uh, is like natural herbal medicine, which is what I also studied uh, in naturopathic medical school. So it's a little different than medical school. So we typically, 90% of the things we learned is equivalent to what medical doctors learn you know, in our curriculum. So we have to take all the same classes. We have to take um, pharmacology, which is the study of like drugs and medication and their side effects. And what struck me is again, every medication has a million side effects. Like it's very scary. Um, so I commend doctors who, you know, they know they have memorized all the different side effects and they, they can counteract that with a different medication. Um, but it is alarming to see, to read and study every single medication and the really dangerous side effects or even long-term side effects of it, you know, which are probably worse than the medication itself. So I really am a huge believer of let's try something that's a little bit less invasive, that's going to be effective also, but won't give you any of these crazy side effects, you know? So um, let's see, for instance, I'll, a cholesterol medication. Okay. A lot of older folks are on cholesterol medication, right? So there's a class of drugs, they're called statins and they lower cholesterol levels. So, you know, typically it was researched uh, that uh, lowering cholesterol levels can prevent heart disease, prevent things like heart attacks. Um, however, there's, there's a ton of side effects that are associated with that. You know, there's uh, muscle weakness, uh, fatigue, tired, like really tired, um, memory loss, even over long periods of time, uh, hormonal imbalances. So there's a, there's a lot, you know, dizziness, even, um, there's just a whole host of different symptoms, um, and, and, uh, side effects. Um, but in a really easy fix or rather something that's going to be very helpful for those who have high cholesterol is something like uh, CoQ10. So CoQ10 is a vitamin that's made in the body. And it actually helps, it's sort of like an antioxidant of the heart. And so when you're taking these cholesterol medications, it depletes CoQ10. So it depletes the thing that is keeping the heart alive, giving you energy. Um, again, it's like, it, it helps the heart pump a little bit better. Um, and overall, it's just very, um, it's needed to fight fatigue. And again, it's good for energy. So when you're on these drugs, it's depleted. So a good doctor will say, oh, you know what? I'm going to give you a cholesterol medication, but I will also give you CoQ10 to go along with it because it gets depleted. Um, on my perspective, you know, I don't see a lot of people taking both unless they are well-researched. So it's like little nuances like that, that really help me um, help my patients a little bit better because it's like, uh, you know, 
there's, there's so much information coming out that I think that doctors maybe don't have time, but I think they should, you know, keep up with um, news and, and research up to date things and, and even doing a little bit more reading would really help them realize that, Hey, you know, how can I help my patients, um, with better outcomes? You know, how can I, um, see more improvement in patients, you know? So, um, again, instead of having a lot of these side effects, you can mitigate those side effects by giving them certain types of vitamins that are getting depleted, you know? So that's kind of like where the integration comes out, how I'm an integrative, you know, um, doctor who works with, you know, natural supplements and, uh, you know, uh, herbal, herbal, plant-based medicine as well, vitamins and minerals and, and et cetera. So that's just a little tidbit of what I do. Yeah. Great. That's, it's really interesting hearing about the holistic side to medicine. Um, cause I feel like it's not very widespread or well-known, but it's just as important as, um, the traditional path that most people are aware of. Yeah. yeah so, um, just kind of, um, switching topics a little bit. I just wanted to ask about what are some of the challenges you faced on your um, career journey? And when you face these challenges, how did you overcome them? Yes, uh, that's an excellent question. And of course, you know, and in, in what we do, there's, uh, there's many challenges that come, and they're not easy. So even throughout the whole process, of course, getting to where I am, you know, it's four years of undergrad and then four years of medical school. So that's that, you know, I'm like in school for at least like eight years. So um, I was 25 by the time I graduated. And some people, I mean, that's, that's a typical age. If you're going straight to, you know, like after high school, you go straight to college and then you go straight to medical school, usually around 24, 25, you'll come out unless there, there's a, there's a few students who actually graduated um, early so they they finished their college in three years and they went straight into med school and then they they were a little bit younger so it really depends um but so the first challenge is of course you know being you're literally in school this whole time and there's a lot of studying there's a lot of exams um you know of course it's definitely worth it in the end i i absolutely love what i do um the other challenges are that of course it's the the biggest challenge for me going into this was, you know, um, the lack of maybe like recognition or respect that a medical doctor receives or a DO, you know, an MD or DO, like they have a certain level of respect and they're very popular and well-known, right? So when you think of doctors, you think of, um, you know, you basically think of MDs, right? So the first, the, the other challenge was that, okay, like, um, so my credential is ND, naturopathic doctor or naturopathic physician. And we are at the end of the day, still physicians, um, but we're just not as popular or we're just not as uh, well-known in, in certain states. So, um, and one, one of the reasons is that, yes, there, there's very limited amount of, uh, there's limited amount of us and there's only a few schools throughout the nation. I think there used to be 12 and I think now there's maybe eight schools. So there's two, um, two naturopathic schools in Canada. So there's one in, where is it? One in um, Toronto and there's one in Vancouver. Um, and then there's also naturopathic medical schools scattered um, throughout the country. There's, a, there's several in um, California, um, Arizona, Seattle, Washington, um, where else? Chicago. Um, and I think there's one in Puerto Rico as well. Oh, Portland, Oregon. So there's like, it's scattered 
in those different states. And then in those states, it's actually more popular, obviously, because people know it there and people recognize, oh, naturopathic medicine, oh, naturopathic doctor. I, I understand that word. Um, whereas, you know, people at the rest of the world, of uh, uh, the US and world don't even know what a naturopath is or what naturopathic med medicine is. So that's one another challenge that people are just not aware. Um, and, you know, even like what we do, I think that we get a bad rep because, you know, because we have not we don't get recognized. And even from the medical community, uh, we don't have a bad, uh, we don't have a good rep with them either uh, for the most part, because they look at us like, you know, they look at us like maybe not valid doctors or, you know, what we do, it doesn't compare to what they do. Um, I'm not saying everybody thinks like this, but majority of the, you know, the medical community, they have, you know, they sort of look down on other professions uh, because maybe they don't understand what they do or they're just taught to, um, you know, um, I guess, take a, you know, have a grain of salt with other different professions, you know, and there's a lot of us, there's medical, you know, you don't have to be a medical doctor to work in healthcare. You can be a physical therapist and, and they help so many people and you could still have a very successful career. You could be a chiropractor, you can be, um, occupational therapist, you can be, you know, also a nurse, you can be all sorts of things in the health community. Um, so it's not just doctors, you know, and, and I feel, and I find that a lot of people who pursue, who pursue different um, paths in the health field are very happy and they're content. And so you don't have to be a doctor to be, you know, fully satisfied with your life too, and successful even. So there's a lot of things that we don't know, you know, when it comes to being a medical doctor or a surgeon even, or working in a hospital, which is fine. You know, it's, it's a very rewarding career, um, but there's like a high level of stress that comes with it too. So that's the other thing. There's always going to be a lot of, you know, stressors. So um, always going to be stressed, but again, you have to weigh the pros and cons. Are you, is this rewarding enough? And are you passionate about it enough to take on those stressors. And for me, I think the passion was strong enough, like something clicked in my mind that was like, wait, this is the type of doctor that I was actually looking for and I, I wanna be so I can help other people. So this is just clicked for me. And I feel like um, with with you guys and you know, with a lot of high school students, it will eventually click for you that wait, this is like, this is something I'm interested in and I could probably be interested in for a long time, you know? Um, so it's just like taking, nothing is easy, but again, if you're passionate enough about it, you can, you know, you'll withstand all the pressures and the, the challenges that come with it. So yes, absolutely. So I hope that answers the question. Thank you so much to provide like an insight onto the good and the bad because again a lot of times we see these stereotypical glamorized professionals or these thoughts from people and stories that we hear because it's just a representation of what the field looks like um, exactly. however again holistic medicine and as you said an ND we don't usually hear that so often and so when we do it's like is it worth going into the career? Is there a projected success rate for it? Um, do people enjoy that field? There are so many things that we don't really get to know because of the stereotypes that are associated with it. 
what is something you learned as you gained more experience in this field? And did anything particular surprise you or shocked you? Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of different things, but now um, in my clinical experience, what I find most not surprising, but also, you know, just kind of shocking that so many people are suffering from chronic illness um, and they, you know, they go day to day not having any questions answered, you know, so um, not to, you know, bash on the medical community at all, but a lot of patients who I see, they're, you know, they're just not being really listened to or heard and they feel like a lot of their problems are kind of being brushed away. Like, oh, I'm really tired, uh, but it's not the normal kind of tired that they feel like they used to have boundless energy. And now they're just like, they're dragging every day. They have no motivation. They're so depressed, especially during, you know, after the pandemic, lots of depression, lots of anxiety. And again, it's like, they're not really getting the, the care that they really need. Um, one person was getting different antidepressants that wasn't working for her. And there was just, again, it's like, they're, they're trying, they're just throwing stuff at her. Like, oh, okay, one, if this doesn't work, we'll just try another drug. We'll try another drug. And, and then, but no one's really listening to their needs and saying, okay, well, what about, okay, what is going on? And maybe there's some, a lot of stress in your life, you know? Um, okay. Maybe you're going through um, some hardships financially. Maybe you're going through a divorce. Maybe you, you're struggling with your kids, you know, so doctors are not asking those types of questions. They're not asking, how's your sleep? How's your energy? How's your, you know, are you eating well, you know, so they're, they, they're not really like tweaking the things in their life. And I don't blame them because they don't really have time to do that. They're, they're just there for, okay, what's the problem? Here's a solution. And that's really it. Um, and so what, again, it's like, what is surprising is how many people come and sit in my office and say, yeah, I've been through this. It's just not working for me. And um, no one has really discussed my health with me. No one has really reviewed my lab work in a way that I can understand. Um, and they just feel like they're in the dark, you know? So it's just a kind of crappy feeling to have when uh, your doctor is not helping you feel better or get better, you know? Um, and of course, there's always challenges. Um, there's going to be people who they try everything, they don't get better and that's okay, but you just kind of have to try your best. Um, and really, again, like work with their, their lifestyle choices and habits even. Um, so sometimes it's a simple fix. Sometimes it's like, oh, you're not sleeping at night because you're on your phone or you're watching TV or, you know, you're stimulating yourself too much and your mind is racing and you can't fall asleep. So even just like talking to people about like little habits here and there about like proper sleep hygiene or even um, how to help yourself secrete more melatonin so you can sleep at night, you know, maybe dimming all the lights and maybe instead of, um, you know, it's so easy, especially when I was a student and you guys, like you have things to do, you know, you're going to be on your computer and you're going to finish all your work. You're going to write up that essay that you need to. And it's like, next thing you know, it's like super late, you know, and I get it. Um, so it's like, oh, I can't sleep. But then also like, I'm doing all these things that are keeping me awake. So it's kind of like that. Um, and, and, and it's amazing also how people um, just 
the not like how much people don't know about certain things. So the things that I feel like are common sense for other people, they may not be, you know, like um, I can't really think of an example right now, but uh, it's just even like taking the couple of seconds or minutes just to tell people about certain things so like, hey, um, you know, if you maybe um, I'm just trying to think about what I can say. Um, yeah, like, you know, you just educate people for a couple of minutes and then they're like, wow, I, I, I know this now, I learned this and now they can tell other people about it. And then it's kind of like a domino effect. We're like, oh, if you know this piece of information, it's like, hey, my doctor told me vitamin D helps with energy. And then they share that information along and you know that helps them in the long run. So you're almost like you're helping like a whole community of people, you know? But again, uh, I'm surprised about like how much that people really need us, people like us, and people need um, alternatives to medical care, you know? So it's not just going to see your doctor once a year and you think you're good. You know, it's also looking at like, okay, maybe on your own, doing a little bit more research, reading more, um, seeing different types of practitioners, um, that are going to help you with different things, you know, more long-term. So you need someone to kind of, um, you know, work with you for a longer period of time so that they can actually understand you and listen to you. So that's really, that's probably the main thing that I would say. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing. So as we close off this podcast, I just want to ask you, what's some advice you would give to students wishing to pursue this career? And what is something or something that kind of ties into that question is what's something you wish you knew before pursuing um, a career as a clinical nutritionist? Oh, wow. That's a really, really good question. Um, hmm. What are some things that I, you know, yeah, I think that again, I, I wish that I, could have known all the different options and which is what you guys are doing right now is you're showing people that there's not only one, um, you know, one pathway, but there's different, you know, different fields, there's different paths that you can take. Um, what I would have known was, you know, um, it's obviously not easy going into this field. Um, but really getting prepared with even just like managing, oh, managing time and workload is also very important too, because I know there's a lot of people, a lot of students, um, including myself, who are just so immersed into just schoolwork and getting amazing grades. And that's kind of like all, you, you know, all they know, which is fine. But I also think that it's important to branch out into, um, also like different interests, you know, other things apart from school that interest you. And also even like balancing, you know, like your social life as well. So balancing work life, um, studying, and also having time for friends and having time for family set aside um, just to kind of maintain relationships too. Um, I think that's like the most challenging thing for people to kind of like being able to like balance all those things. And so even going to college, even going to medical school, you still have to have a life of your own, um, which I find that will, you know, I really respect when someone is well-rounded, you know, instead of being a master of one, you want to be a kind of jack of all trades because at the end of the day, that's what's going to give you the most um, diverse skill set 
of everything you need. To colleges, when you get into medical school, right, um, they don't really want to see just someone who is worried about their grades all the time and they're phenomenal, but also someone who's very charismatic or someone who's a people person. Um, you may not be a people person, but you want to be able to communicate with certain people um, and, you know, let them know that you're a genuine, genuine person instead of just someone who cares about um, maybe being the best or being having, um, you know, the certain amount of like certain grades or whatnot. So I think that it's both very valuable to be, you know, obviously good at your schoolwork, but also, you know, again, like work-life balance. So that is going to be different for everybody. You know, you just have to figure out what kind of works for you or even have a routine. Uh, also, that being said, again, uh, when you're in school, it's so easy to kind of fall off the health wagon too. Like you're just, again, you're not getting sleep sometimes. There's a lot of stress there. You know, it's easy to go out and eat. Um, but also, again, like preparing yourself and planning uh, your, your weeks are going to be very valuable too. So even finding time in your day to kind of get some kind of exercise in, you know, even if it's 20, 30 minutes, um, going out for a run or a walk or dancing in your room, like whatever it might be, um, just giving yourself that like moment to yourself. So having me time is going to be very, very valuable too. So I know this doesn't really have to do with like, you know, my career itself, but I think it's good in general to, to know um, moving forward, like, cause you're always gonna be busy. You're always gonna have stuff to do, but cherishing your me time is gonna be so, so valuable. Well, thank you so much for providing that great advice and great perspective on things because when we're caught up with the busyness of life, we tend to forget our interests and what our goals are. And if you lose that, then it's like this rippling domino effect where one after another our passions are just lost so yeah, exactly. thank you so much um yeah mental health exactly you know you got to put yourself first for sure um and the last thing i'll say is that I, I forgot to mention that um so the school that i went to to do my uh, my doctorate and my master's in nutrition i went to university of bridgeport um and so they have, you know, online programs and also in-person programs for clinical nutrition, but you can basically, um, you know, find different programs anywhere in the U.S. on, on how to pursue doing a master's in nutrition, or even, you know, um, there's, there's not just master's, but you can do um, a lot, you know, different fields in nutrition as well. So uh, in college, you can pursue, um, uh, you can be a registered dietitian. Um, and so that's a different field. You can just be a clinical nutrition like I am. Um, and so there's, you know, different options there. So the naturopathic schools um, where you can go to and, and um, you guys can link also um, later. Mm -hmm. So it's aanmc.org. So this is the um, accredited um, naturopathic medical school. So these are the schools that actually are when accredited. What that means is that these are school, you know, you go to school and you become a naturopathic physician, which is, you know, those, the same curriculum as medical doctors. Um, in addition to, I mean, uh, with the exception of like, you, you get more training in botanical medicine, herbal medicine, nutrition, et cetera. So um, those are accredited. Um, there are practitioners out there who are not there. They call themselves naturopaths. They're not physicians. So th that's a different path, but 
um, this website that we're going to link you, th these are schools that you can attend to actually become naturopathic physicians. So um, you can read more about that. You know, again, there's not a lot of us, but we're a very interesting field. And I would definitely consider doing that if you have any interest in health, if you have any interest in, you know, learning about natural, natural medicine and nutrition, this is the perfect field for you. So I'll leave you guys with that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Farr, for coming on to our podcast today to talk about your field of not only clinical nutrition, but also um, in the perspective of a naturopathic physician or doctor. And if anyone would like to follow along Dr. Farr's journey, then you can follow her on her Instagram page at Dr. Farr, or you can find the link to it in our description as well alongside a few other resources mentioned in today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed this month's podcast episode, and we can't wait to see you next time. Until then, keep on learning!